From Singapore to Stockholm, London to LA, this is the Planet Health Podcast. Join your host, Chris Cara, as he explores the culture, history, and traditions of the healthiest countries on the planet. In each episode, we discover the best well-being habits on Earth, then help you to implement them into your life. Boo! Did I scare you? If not, then don't worry. After all, this is the Halloween special episode, and I have some royalty-free spooky music that I can use to send shivers down your spine. Of course, it's not Halloween for another week, but I wanted to get you in the mood for the spooky season and discuss a few ways that Halloween may be good for your health. So first, thank you to everyone who's been listening to this new series of Planet Health. And if this is your first episode, then do subscribe, because in every episode, we explore the culture of health and well-being around the world. Now, before I get into why Halloween may be good for you, let's ask a pretty basic question. What actually is Halloween? And I could answer this myself, but I found someone much better to do it for me. Long-time listeners will remember that at Christmas last year, I spoke to Welsh journalist, author, broadcaster, and a good friend of mine, Mark Rees. But as well as general arts and culture, Mark is a keen writer on ghosts, ghouls, and the occult. He's written excellent books like Ghosts of Wales, and has a very popular podcast of the same name, which I'll link in the episode description. Now, this year he has not one, but two Halloween special episodes on his podcast, and guess who appears on both of them? That's right, it's me. In one of them, I am actually going ghost hunting with Mark in the cellar of a local pub, and this was a fun experience, and I actually had a potential ghostly encounter. You can listen to his podcast to find out more. But while we were recording those podcasts, I decided to ask him about Halloween, as well as a few other spooky things. So, Mark, I don't think there's anyone better to answer this question. What exactly is Halloween and why do we celebrate it? Thank you, Chris. I'm sure there are some experts who would disagree with that out there. But <laughs> nevertheless, that, thank, thank you very much for that. What is Halloween and why do we celebrate it? Well, that question in and of itself is probably an entire podcast episode. But to give you a very quick two-minute history of Halloween, maybe two minutes, one second, let's see how this goes. But I find it easier to work backwards in time. So Halloween, as we celebrate it today, is very much an American invention. When we think of pumpkins as jack-o'-lanterns, when we think of candy corn and horror films and trick-or-treating and Halloween Horror Nights and all that stuff, that is very much America's contribution to the world. And thank you. I'm so happy they've given us that. But America didn't invent Halloween. Halloween was taken to America by the European immigrants. And there are lots of influences mixed up in there. I mean, pe people think about the British and the Irish, but you've got some German influences there. Germany took Valpurgis Nacht with them. This night in April, in which witches flock to a mountain, it's all wrapped up in, in Faust mythology and things. But this all came together in America and the country that are credited with really taking it there. But again, it's not entirely down to one country, is Ireland, because so many Irish immigrants went to America and they took with them their strong Catholic faith. And that is where the name Halloween comes from. It's an abbreviation of all Hallows Eve, this celebration 
in which the dead are remembered on All, Soul, All Souls Day and the saints are remembered on All Saints Day afterwards. So All Hallows Eve is the night before these celebrations in which the dead are remembered. Now, this goes back to the 6th century. There are some people who would suggest that Halloween has pre-Christian origins. There are some problems here, mainly because nobody knows what the heck happened in any of these pre-Christian celebrations. There might be a connection, there might not. But uh, without going into it too deeply, we can certainly trace it back to the 6th century and to the Catholic Church and All Hallows' Eve. Before that, there are lots of ifs and buts and maybes, and there might be a pre-Christian connection to it all. Okay, so being a writer on ghosts and having done so many spooky things, do you ever get scared or are you like immune to it now completely? Um, I wouldn't say I'm immune to it. There are, there are, I mean, I, I, if I watch a particularly creepy horror film, yes, you know, I do still. You have that kind of ner nervous excitement. Um, and also, it, it's worth bearing in mind that when you sort of go ghost hunting and you go looking for ghosts and things, you're quite often in places where it's it's very dark and at times dangerous. Uh, and, you know, if you're if you're walking around a crumbling castle in the middle of the night, you know, ne never mind the ghosts. You, you've got to also got to be a little bit a little bit worried about falling and breaking your neck <laughs> or or maybe. I mean, it's 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 a cliche, but they do say, you know, it, it's the living, not the dead. You've got to worry about that famous quote. But yes, all this ghost stuff. Um, I certainly do still get scared, but not necessarily by by things that go bump in the night. <laughs> OK. And you talked about uh, Halloween films there or scary films. Do you have a favorite Halloween film? Oh, I have lots. I mean, my favorite scary film, if, if if you'd class it as scary, but it's not that appropriate for Halloween, is The Wicker Man. I absolutely love The Wicker Man, but that is very much for spring and summer and, and a bountiful harvest that's coming. Totally inappropriate for Halloween, which <laughs> is the harvest itself. Um, Halloween films. I love, love, love the original Halloween, 1978 Halloween, John Carpenter's. Um, and I'm a big fan of Trick or Treat, which is like a sort of, a, um, it's become a mainstay of Halloween now, but it's a, a relatively, well, it's this, this century, I guess. It's not that new anymore. Um, but I'm a huge fan of Trick or Treat and Halloween. And maybe, maybe if I had to pick one of the others, it would probably be Charlie Brown's uh, The Great Pumpkin, which is a classic. Okay, so you're talking about scary films and Halloween films. Is that what you do on Halloween, or how how do you celebrate Halloween as Mister Halloween? <laughs> well, again, as as Mister Halloween, uh, if I've got to use that title, um, ha Halloween itself is usually quite hectic for me because that is when I am most in demand for uh, for interviews and things. As as I'm sure you can imagine, not everyone, Chris, sadly, is as organised as you and talks to me weeks <laughs> in advance. Most people wait until the day itself. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not exaggerating when I wake up at seven in the morning and there's missed calls and voicemails off, off the media who want to speak to me. So by the end of Halloween, I am, to, to put it bluntly, I'm absolutely knackered and I'm not really doing much besides uh, besides chilling out with a horror film. But certainly um, I'm one of those people who embraces Halloween season. So in the in the weeks building up to it, certainly for October, that's when I'm visiting pumpkin patches and going around spending too much money buying Halloween mugs and things that I don't need. And, and Halloween for me is more a month than a day. So back to our original topic and being a well-being focused podcast, I wanted to know why Halloween is potentially good for you. And one of the most interesting things that I found is that being scared may actually be beneficial to your health. Now, I'm going to say that nothing I found was particularly groundbreaking, but it was interesting nonetheless. 
So experiencing fear, particularly in a controlled and safe environment, can offer some unexpected health benefits. Firstly, there's the fact that the excitement and thrill associated with jump scares and feeling frightened can release endorphins, which, as you may know by now, are the body's natural feel-good chemicals. Of course, this can promote a positive mood and help reduce stress. So, if you're feeling a bit glum or a bit stressed out, watching a thriller can potentially help. Of course, it depends on the content of the film and how fragile your mental health actually is at that point, but potentially it may help you feel better. Even more interesting to me was that having some scares may actually be good if you suffer from anxiety, which many of us do. And this is because experiencing moderate fear, as you may when watching a horror film or doing a ghost hunt, it can serve as a stressor, and this stressor can help the body adapt and build resilience to stress and anxiety over time. You may have heard of something called exposure therapy, and this is a psychological treatment aimed at reducing anxiety or fear by gradually exposing people to their specific phobias. So, something like spiders, for example. A lot of people are scared of spiders. So, in a controlled setting, patients will confront the fear of spiders through incremental exposure. Maybe they'll see a photo of a spider, then they'll see an actual spider, then they'll touch the spider, then they'll let the spider crawl over their skin over the course of a few days or weeks. And by doing this, they learn to manage their anxiety and ultimately diminish the intensity of their phobia. So experiencing moderate fear in the form of Halloween movies may act as a natural form of exposure therapy which can help you confront fears leading to reduced anxiety in the long run. Ultimately, it can teach us how to handle real-world stress and anxiety better. Of course, excessive fear can be detrimental, so you wouldn't want to go watching a marathon of creepy films if you are anxious, just as you wouldn't go to a spider farm if you were frightened of spiders. And if spider farms do exist, it's not a place I really want to visit. Importantly, control is the word here, because you could go into a rough neighbourhood at night or break into an abandoned hospital or go and fight a bear, and you'll feel varying degrees of fear. But this isn't controlled, and I definitely don't recommend doing these things. However, if you go and watch a scary movie with your friends in your living room, or you go to a haunted house experience, or play a horror video game on your PlayStation, this is all considered controlled. It's something that isn't actually dangerous, and it's something that has a definite time frame and a definite end. Naturally, only you know you, and if you are an anxious person and you really hate horror films, then don't just go and do it because you heard it on this podcast. Use your own judgment for your own situation. Equally, if you have an underlying heart problem, then a large surge of adrenaline could be dangerous. And remember that anything I say on this podcast shouldn't be taken as medical advice. Okay, so what else? Well, I also came across a newspaper article that suggested that experiencing jump scares or watching horror films could boost your immune system, help you burn calories, and even improve your sex life. However, there weren't many studies to support this, and it seemed like the usual kind of throwaway story that you'd find in newspapers, so I won't dwell on it in this episode. Although, with regards to the calorie burning, I did find it entertaining to read that in 2012, the University of Westminster measured how many calories were burnt by volunteers watching 10 classic horror films. So being scared 
releases adrenaline into the body, which raises your heart rate, and it increases your body's metabolic rate. On average, each film burnt 113 calories, which is the equivalent to a 30-minute walk. Some of the highest calorie-burning films were said to be Jaws, burning 161 calories, and The Exorcist with 158 calories. But the best film for burning calories was The Shining, which burned off 184 calories, which is the same as the average chocolate bar. I'd still say that a walk is better for you overall, but it's good to know. Of course, you could always go for a nice Halloween walk and absorb some of the spooky atmosphere, then go home and watch a creepy film and know that you're burning quite a few calories that evening. Even enough to treat yourself to some candy corn or your favourite Halloween chocolate. And on that note, uh, that's it from me for this episode. I do hope you enjoyed and found some use, and if you are celebrating Halloween this week, I hope you enjoy that too. If you did enjoy this podcast, please listen to some of my previous episodes and subscribe and consider rating me on the platform you listen, as it really does help me. Uh, I will be back very soon for another episode. But until next time, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Planet Health Podcast. For more culture and well-being from around the world, visit our website at planethealth.online.